Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. It's been online since 2004. My colleague and close friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have on Elizabeth Williams, and I, I found Elizabeth's name. I'm sorry, I didn't. we've never met or didn't know her before, but I had a recent um, opportunity to review uh, the Rolls-Royce Wraith uh, Black Badge recently, and it's a fantastic car, and I think about 10 years ago, I got an, invited to a, a Rolls event in Arizona, and that was the first time I'd had an opportunity to drive a Rolls, and now 10 years later, I had um, the new beautiful edition. Of course, it turns heads, as you well know, but uh, Elizabeth, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for being available with us today. Well, thank you for having me on. Well, I guess a good launching point would be um, I had the Wraith at the most of the cars I get to review. We have lots of bells and whistles, and it's almost unfair to say bells and whistles when you associate it with a Rolls. So the car that I had was that wonderfully uh, Adriatic, Adriatic blue, of course, the engine of the Rolls and its design. You know, I couldn't couldn't drive the car more than about 10 or 12 feet before someone either pointed or said something, and it's just such a beautiful, elegant car. So maybe a good launching point would be to, for you to tell us about that car in particular. Sure, sure, yes, and that's one of the great things about Rolls, driving a Rolls-Royce, any of them, is that they always turn heads, and you almost always get a really good positive thumbs-up response when you're behind the wheel of one of those. <laughs> yeah. um, but the vehicle that you had uh, was our 2020 um, Rolls-Royce Wraith, and this had the black badge um, option on it. Uh, so the Wraith, which made its debut uh, back in 2013, um, got the black badge treatment a few years ago. And uh, it's a, as you mentioned, it's a stunning Adriatic blue car um, and has uh, all of the features that you could want. And for the most part, the beauty of a Rolls-Royce is that it's all about bespoke. And what does the client actually want? What are they interested in having? So really, when you start talking about options for a Rolls-Royce, it's not just a menu list and here's what you can do, A, B, or C. It's the sky's the limit. Um, so we really enjoy being able to configure our press cars that you got to fortunately see because it allows us to have a little bit of fun and uh, get some, get creative. Elizabeth, can you tell us a little bit about that bespoke? Um, that is that you build to the customer's uh, needs or wants. Correct. What are some of the most, would you call, unusual or crazy things that a customer has wanted and you guys have put into a car? Well, one of the most uh, interesting stories for a bespoke uh, option is something that you would have seen in that race black badge um, it was the Starlight Headliner. So the Starlight Headliner came from an idea that a client had and really wanted to have, be able to, you know, sit inside of his vehicle, but then also see the starry sky without necessarily having a convertible vehicle. And so that was something that kind of came out of somebody's wild idea but now we offer as an option in our, our in our vehicles now but we also do um, all sorts of unique um, especially when it comes to um, color and materials is people do 
creative with what they show on their car, what colors they select, how personal they are. Um, it's, uh, it's really all about personal taste when it comes to a lot of those configurations. But we do have a whole slew of bespoke designers in Goodwood that um, can either can help the client decide, well, I'm not sure if this, what's going to match this color that I really want to use. What are options are, are there? And they come up with brilliant designs for them. I see. Uh, do they also put, you know, there's also, uh, oh, there's refrigerators and drink, you know, for your champagne, that type of thing. Do, are there special requests? Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, their champagne is a different size or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we do obviously some very special one-of-a-kind vehicles, Um most recently, we did something even called Slaptail, which was kind of the first Coach Cove car um, that Rolls-Royce has done in, in decades. And that was a very special, one-of-a-kind vehicle. You know, we do offer different types of, of drink coolers in our vehicles, you know, whether they decide they want champagne so that there's actually spaces that they can hold a champagne glass. Or we also have a spirits cabinet where you actually get more of a decanter and you get the old-fashioned glasses. So to just kind of to cater to everybody's taste, um, we, we definitely have all of those levels. And you go into the, actually, you can get armored vehicles, I would assume, right, with ballistic uh, side windows and that typically, type of thing? That is typically something that is handled by an aftermarket um, uh, person. We don't do that, actually, in Goodwood. Um, but absolutely, there are customers around and clients around the world that are, do search that out and typically have that done um, by their own team or by their own company. I'd be remiss and not uh, if we didn't m- uh, mention the umbrella, you know, the wonderful hidden umbrella that, um, you know, I had forgotten about and a uh, number of friends and colleagues and people I show that um, as much as the powerful engine and the beauty of the car, when a lot of people saw the umbrella, they, that just really got to them. And the, either it was a monstrous laugh or, an OMG, or how did they do that, or what a great idea. You know, all of, all of the above. I'm, I'm sure you guys have your share of stories with the umbrella as well. Absolutely, and it's definitely become a signature of all modern Rolls Royces because all of our modern Rolls Royces do have that standard in the doors. Um, and it's one of those things where it's a, it's a detail that people don't necessarily think about, but it's actually quite ingenious. Um, when do you usually use a, an umbrella when you're going, you know, from your car to a building or from your car to a re- the restaurant or to the office or something like that? Um, so it's always there at your fingertips. It's that attention to detail that our designers um, really paid attention to uh, when designing all modern, all the modern Rolls Royces. I knew very little about Rolls Royce other than what the average person would know about Rolls Royce. It's the you know, epitome of luxury, and and you always heard about royalty, and still to this day, uh, in England, um, royalty has their Rolls Royces, whether they're new or vintage. But it was such a treat the first time I went to Arizona for the, a press function, and there was a man there. Maybe he's still with Rolls. I don't. I've forgotten his name now. But he was traditionally dressed in a blue blazer and a striped tie, and very debonair and well spoken, and. He told the story that I remembered, and I included it in my review about, for a while, um, the Rolls-Royce, used Rolls-Royces just weren't very sought after, and, and you could pick them up cheap, and they weren't that popular, and, and now all of a sudden, um, 
you guys have had your best year. I think 2019 was your best sales year ever. And can you shed some perspective on what the difference has been uh, for roles? Uh, I can't imagine them being on the street corner with for sale signs and no one buying them, but that's what the man said. <laughs> and, and now you're sold, what, 5,100 and something last year, which was your best year. So give us some idea of what the, the transition's been like and, and why, why Rolls is just now back at the top of its game. Right. And, you know, for obviously Rolls-Royce has a very long history, 116 years to be to be uh, correct. Um, but there are many, many different types of and styles of Rolls-Royces throughout the years, some more popular than others, some more exclusive than others. And so really, when you start looking at the classic cars, you know, like many brands, there are ones that have really stood the test of time and are very highly sought after, and some maybe not so much. Right. Um, we do have a very strong Rolls-Royce Owners Club here in the United States who really tries to encourage um, younger buyers, younger um, people who are interested really in that classic culture um, to get involved and to get excited about them. As for the modern Rolls-Royces, um, we now are under the stewardship of BMW Group um, as of uh, back in 2003 when the first uh, new Phantom kind of came off the line. And really, from there, uh, it's just grown. We started with just one car, just the, just the Phantom Saloon, and it, you know, kind of grew with Phantom Drophead Coupe, the Coupe. Um, we added in Ghost um, back in 2010, and really, we just started to gain the interest in really creating a, a product, um, but actually not even more so than a product, a piece of art that is highly sought after and is really used by um, people of all ages and people of all industries as the symbol of um, success and really creating, it's a piece of art that you can design, but you know, you can use every day also, <laughs> you know, because we have many of our customers who love driving their Rolls, Rolls Royces everywhere they go. Yes. Um, so it really has, um, I think, you know, with the introduction of things like Black Badge, which with the introduction of things like the Wraith and the Dawn, which are much more driver-centric cars, um, really have helped to bring in a lot of new interest into uh, the brand and a lot of younger interest, more females, you know, coming in because they're not just um, massive vehicles that they think, oh, I, I can't drive that, it's too big. Um, no, some of these, a lot of these cars are a lot of fun. And to be honest, we even have customers now who will drive some of our biggest cars on a you know day to day basis. <laughs> yes, uh, we drove that Wraith for a few days, and I was surprised how fun it is to drive. It responds really well. Yes, it it, it handles and certainly accelerates with that big uh, V12 in there. I wonder how many. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know if you'd have a, a number, but what do you? What would your guess be that how many people that buy these cars actually drive them themselves, or, or are driven in them, or do you think they're all driver-owned and driven cars? Well, and I, I think given the modern times, you know, depending on where you are around the world, kind of dictates more of your type of transportation. Um, you know, for clients in China, there's a lot more people that do bring in drivers to drive them around. Um, here in the United States, uh, we're a very driver-centric culture. And even if we have a Phantom Extended Wheelbase, 
they people want to drive them because if I bought it, I want to be the one to drive it. I want to be the one to experience that V12 engine. Um, and so there's a lot of that perception that um, they may decide to bring in a chauffeur driver for a special event or, you know, an evening on the weekend going out to dinner so that you don't have to worry about any of those, um, you know, being on the road when you maybe shouldn't have after having a few cocktails. Um, yes. So, you know, that definitely does happen. Um, but this way, you know, we have cars that really everybody enjoys driving. And um, I think the the beauty of it is getting people behind the wheel so that they really realize how much fun these cars are to drive. I agree. They they It'd be a, a crime not to drive that car. That's right. I think, I don't know if this is accurate, but it seems to me that it, it's the fastest car the, the has the best performance of a car that weighs 6,000 pounds roughly than any other car I can imagine. <laughs> so I don't know what that's called. There must be a, a ratio of something or something, but it's extremely fast for a car that weighs 5,800 pounds or whatever it is. Absolutely. And I think, you know, definitely that V12 engine has a lot to do with that, but this was really, especially with the race, it was really designed to, to be the most driver focused Rolls Royce that we had ever uh, built and really wanted to make this the next level of luxury. Yes. Can you talk to about us the uh, black badge uh, option? It's something like a $50,000 option, is it not? Correct. Correct. So, yes, black badge is, is around a $50,000 option. Um, and this came about because uh, we really had clients that were looking for kind of the darker side of Rolls Royce. They they felt like maybe some of the um, the look and feel of a lot of all the chrome uh, was maybe just felt a little bit too old for them. So they wanted to kind of make it maybe a little bit darker, a little bit more sinister. And that is where Rolls, uh, the black badge came from. And so that made its debut on Wraith and Ghost and then made its way to Dawn as, as well as Cullinan. And really it's, um, we wanted to do this as not just, you know, throw on some, you know, darkened chrome onto the vehicle. So there is the design elements that change on a black badge, but then there are also some engineering updates that come to it as well. So um, really it was designed to give a little bit more of an aggressive feel to the car um, for those customers that want that. We still offer um, obviously a regular race for the clients that love those, um, but this is also a really um, wonderful option for people that are looking for something a little bit different. Um, and so you get the, you do get the darkened chrome, the spirit of ecstasy, um, is darkened. Um, and then you also have, like I said, the, the few engineering changes, um, with some larger brakes. Um, it does, the race is actually the only one of the four lineup that does not get increased horsepower because it already had the most horsepower, um, of any Rolls Royce. So it stays up at that 624, um, but it's uh, obviously, you know, has that aggressive feel to it. <laughs> a little bit of history. Um, I've forgotten now, and I should remember, but it's a question that we can't have a podcast or any other interview without asking. What's, what is, for our listeners, what is the history of the naming the cars after, after ghosts, whether it's Wraith or Phantom or Ghost or what have you? Tell us that, that, st that wonderful story again. Sure, sure. So it actually, the first name that a Rolls-Royce ever had was the Silver Ghost. Um, and that was back in ooh, 1905, 
six when the, uh, when Rolls and Royce were actually doing primarily building engines. Yes, not necessarily full motor cars, and so they had were testing out engines, and um, they had built these some very basic chassis to sit on top of them as you know with very minimal um cladding even on them to create as motor cars but they wanted to basically test the engine and so they were driving around and it was just painted silver um, because they didn't want to put too much effort into it and it was it would be tooling around uh england testing the engine and uh everybody would remark how it was um it was like a ghost passing them by and so they nicknamed it the silver ghost and from there Obviously, the popularity came of we had started with Ghost, and then in 1925 came Phantom, and those kind of, those two names have really been the long-standing um, nameplates for us at, at Rolls Royce. And even Wraith and Dawn are both historical names for us. Um, the Wraith had been used since the 1930s, I believe. Yes. Um, in some old cars, and then Dawn made its debut in the six in the 50s, right after the war. I don't have my pocket uh, thesaurus in front of me, but is it a secret within Rolls-Royce that they that there might be another ghost name out there that might be on the horizon to name another car? And, and if, could you tell us what it is, or is that secret, or is it not happening? <laughs> <laughs> so um, our CEO, Torsten Mueller, yes. on Monday actually made the announcement that we have an all-new ghost coming out that will make its debut this fall. Fantastic. Um, so we don't we don't have many details yet, but, you know, please stay tuned, and I'm sure we'll have more information that we'll be spending out as we, as we find out details uh, to share with the world. Since you mentioned the CEO, um, this is another softball question for you, considering your capacity. What has he brought to the table for, for Rolls-Royce? What, what is his approach? What is his expertise? And and certainly the company has succeeded uh, under, his, uh, under his watch. So what, what kind of a CEO is he? Uh, well, yeah. well, Torsten is a fantastic person to work with. Uh, you know, if he hears this, I want him to know that. <laughs> yes. There you um, go, yeah. Really, Good answer. Yes. <laughs> he really has um, brought um, a usefulness to the brand. He has really um, pushed the envelope. Uh, with Rolls-Royce, um, you know, considering something like a black badge was not necessarily something that a traditional Rolls-Royce person would have said, oh, yes, that's that's something we automatically need to do. So he really has pushed the envelope, um, as, you know, when it comes to these uh, edgier designs and these this new look and feel for Rolls-Royce and making it really modern while keeping with those, you know, historical traditional elements that are make a Rolls Royce a Rolls Royce and they, it doesn't lose its spirit from that. I have not seen your new Cullinan. It, uh, it's the SUV. What is that all Correct. about? Yeah. How was that being received? Uh, very well. So the Cullinan uh, made its debut in 2018 and um, obviously was a, you know, very very well received, especially in the U.S. market. Uh, you know, Americans love their SUVs. Um, and for years, we've had clients wondering, when we're, when are we going to come up with an SUV? When are we going to come up with an SUV? And we knew that we wanted to do one. And we weren't the first one, first luxury brand to bring out an SUV, but we really wanted to make it right. We wanted to make sure that we took the time 
and tested and designed and really got it right. And I think from the reaction from our clients, we really did um, by taking our time. And, you know, it's a very large vehicle, as it should be, as it is the Rolls-Royce, um, but still can handle those rough roads uh, at the same time being, still being a Rolls-Royce and it, it getting the client still gets that magic carpet ride out of it. Are these new Rolls-Royce buyers, do you think, or are these just your steady clients that have now chosen an SUV? Um, you know, some of them were, you know, at first were, were definitely um, some of our existing clients who had been maybe even asking us, okay, we're, we were ready to buy one. <laughs> when are sure. you going to have one ready for us to, to buy? Um, but it also has attracted a new buyer for us somebody who maybe was looking for all-wheel drive because it was the first vehicle that had all-wheel drive that Rolls-Royce has done. Um, obviously, um, with a Rolls-Royce-type body style, uh, or with a, I'm sorry, a, an SUV-type body style, that does open options for somebody who maybe needs that for their lifestyle, um, whether it's children or, you know, being able to take the dogs out or whatever the case may be. Um you know, that now instead of just a sedan or a coupe, there is now that SUV style. I think that there's some traditionalists out there, whether it's, you know, Rolls Royce or some of the other luxury brands, there was some pushback that said, you know, there's no way that, um, I can't, I can't not name the names, the Lamborghinis or the Ferraris or Rolls Royce and others. There's those, that's not a brand for a, for a, a sport utility vehicle. And now it's, um, readily accepted, so it's uh, it maybe it. Well, a- and Rolls Royce definitely had a history. Yes, going back because we started looking back in our history and saw that um, Rolls Royce had supplied. Um, they were shooting more like shooting brake style vehicles, but back during World War One and World War Two, there were actually Rolls Royces that were um, modified to be able to use as SUV type vehicles. And we're used on off-road and we're used um, to be able to go, you know, everywhere, which is why we really focus on making that call and still the ability to go everywhere. Yes. I was amazed at the availability of your cars. Uh, I looked up on the website for Beverly Hills uh, Rolls-Royce and the number of cars that they have available. I was surprised. So how many are are bespoke or, or custom ordered versus just buy them off the lot? Well, to be honest, we do almost every vehicle that Rolls-Royce produces, up over 85%, um, have some element of bespoke in them. Um, So what typically happens is obviously we do have the customers that come in and say, I I want to design this car from every body panel or or, um, leather panel, and I know exactly what color, and I know all of these different elements that I want to include. So they, they start and they create their own masterpiece. That's but part of the fun of it, sure. Our, that's part of the fun of it. But we also know that some people are either intimidated by that or don't have the time to do something like that. And so we have our dealers who work extremely closely with our clients. They um, they work with them on a regular basis. They, you know go to events together they you know so they have a very close relationship and many times our dealers will go and bespoke cars and then bring them into their showroom where it looks like it's just quote-unquote open inventory but typically if they're bespoking um, these cars they have ideas of which clients know are going to buy them 
Okay, um, that, that's a good explanation. In, you know, yeah, because they they know that I know that this guy's never going to get around to just doing it himself. But I know he what he's been talking about, asking about, and uh, so maybe between what, him or one of his friends, I bet you they're going to want this car. So I'm going to bespoke this car, and then you know, I know within this group of my clients that they're that I'm going to find somebody who wants to buy it. Um, Rolls Royce, like other luxury brands, has a reputation for. Um, you know, royalty, of course. And like some other uh-huh. brands, when there's a special occasion, a movie or, um, you know, the Pope or somebody, I can't think of other examples. But <laughs> are, do you have some good stories, Elizabeth, about when, whether it's a vintage uh, Rolls that you are aware of or a new Rolls that has played a role in something, you know, out of the ordinary, um, um, a crowning of a king, uh, a royal wedding, um, a movie? There must be some good role oh, stories out there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, I do believe that one of the historical Rolls Royces was used, I believe, for Kate and William's wedding at one of their various events that that came in with, um, with the whole um, <laughs> slew of, of activities that were yes. surrounding the royal wedding. Um, you know, we, if you look back in history... Um, you know, there's a very famous uh, Phantom Five that was owned by John Lennon, and he used to take it around on tour. And um, he then actually even um, uh, he even uh, painted it at the end. Uh, and so it's this amazing psychedelic paint scheme that goes with it. And he is the one he had found a uh, somebody who would do that for him and he loved it. He commissioned this unique paint job. So there's definitely all sorts of interesting, you know, moments in time where you have celebrities interacting with these cars. I didn't know that there's a, a rolls out there painted like Janis Joplin's Porsche. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, do you guys, it's amazing what's out there. Do you guys know where John Lennon's car is? It in a, is it in a museum? Yeah. Yes, it's up in the Royal Muse- uh, Royal British Columbia Museum up in Victoria, BC. Gotcha. Uh, currently owns that vehicle. So, yeah. when when I found, uh, like anybody else can find on on uh, doing a little bit of research of your sales figures uh, in recent years, and you know you've had the best year you've ever had. Um, is that U.S. Uh, China? Um, some other uh, in 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 Great Britain, or what are the other countries in which Rolls has become popular? Uh, Middle East has Mi- obviously yes. grown quite a bit um, in recent years. Um, they've obviously had a lot of wealth in, yes. in their country, so <laughs> that's um, that's an area. And um, throughout throughout Europe, for sure, um, and then even like over in the Russia area. Um, has grown in recent years. Do you find that your reputation and, and history precedes you and they seek you out, like in Russia and these emerging markets, or do you actively have to go pursue them? You know, we definitely, we have both. Um, we, we have a little bit of both. I think um, some, some people, you know, have heard, Rolls-Royce is obviously such an iconic name. They're, everywhere you turn, there's the Rolls-Royce of <laughs> you know different things uh so it's it's definitely a unique brand to sure be is. representing 
Um, but we also do a lot out there uh, with kind of, you know, inter- more inter- reintroducing Rolls Royce to people who may have thought, oh, this isn't necessarily a brand for me. This is, this is too old of a brand. This is too stodgy. Um, and really kind of re-educating them and getting them familiar with the new products. It's really been injected with youth, as you mentioned earlier, from the when you mentioned the CEO. It's it's yes. definitely a different car nowadays. That's right, Elizabeth. For, um, for sure. Uh, we have your title, but it seems to me that just it just ought to put all knowing. You know, Elizabeth Williams, all knowing Rolls Royce. Forget those uh, old cumbersome. Do a little bit of everything. Yeah, little <laughs> those old cumbersome titles don't work anymore. But um, thank <laughs> thank you for um, enlightening us about the current Rolls-Royce, past Rolls-Royce, and um, I've been a reviewer now for 15, 16 years, and when a car like this, I have an opportunity, I don't take it for granted, and it's uh, it's just really special. I've had a couple of other special cars, but the, the two Rolls I've driven uh, in the last decade, just um, they stay with you, and that's what Rolls is all about. So we want to thank you for being our guest today yeah. on... Um, the weekly You're driver uh, weekly driver podcast we appreciate it and and thanks for your knowledge thank you for having me okay cheers bye bye <laughs>